Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I do not get results, they do not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and I am here again with Dr. Joe Esposito, an amazing podcaster, chiropractor, nutritionist, pain management specialist, uh, uh, orthopedist. I mean, this guy <laughs> has done everything in the industry and more. And so I am going to let him kind of give a little bit of his background and talk to you about really what his focus is in the next, you know, one to two years and how he's able to be of service to you. Sure. Well, I appreciate that. First of all, thank you so much for having me back. I really love being on your show, of course. Um, again, my background is I'm board certified in chiropractic, orthopedics, pain management, double board certified in nutrition. So that's five boards. I have a BS in nutrition, I'm a retired dietitian, award-winning author. And so for the past 35 years or so, I've had one goal. And that goal is to help you get well and stay well. That's it. And so much of healthcare you have control over. And that's the thing I think most people are missing. They think that I, if I have something wrong, I have to go to the doctor. But you have control of it because so many, so many times the things that happen to you are self-induced. You did it to yourself. And that's a hard thing to accept. For me to say, gosh, the reason I'm sick is because I did it. And so we keep talking about healthcare costs and it's out of control and um, we can't afford it and only the rich can afford to get well. Well, you can take care of yourself because most of the things it takes to get well are passive. You have to not do something as opposed to do something. So if I say, listen, I want you to not do something. I don't know how to make it easier and cheaper. <laughs> it's like, okay, I have to stop doing this. So with food, you know, I, I talk about the seven deadly sins of nutrition. I've talked about that for years. And the seven deadly sins are alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. And people right now who are listening go, well, I, I, that's my whole diet. If I can't eat alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener, I'm going to starve. That's not true. I joke. I said, it's probably about 120,000 foods you can eat, and you've never even thought about it. And people say, well, I like my meat. Okay. If you're going to eat meat, make sure it's organic. Can we negotiate on that? Oh, okay. I could do that. Uh, I want you to stay away from artificial sweeteners. Well, I drink seven or eight diet sodas a day. Okay, let's do a diet soda that's sweet with stevia as opposed to artificial sweetener. Okay, I could do that. You know, uh, the breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, and pastas. Well, doc, oh my God, I love my bread. Who doesn't love bread? Everybody loves bread. I mean, right now, if I could have a piece of Italian bread, you know, hot out of the oven from New York City with a little butter on it, oh man, that'd be heaven. But if you eat it, there's going to be negative side effects. How often? 100% of the time. So I ask people this, I, I give them a challenge. I say for two weeks, I want you to eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. And if you don't know what to eat, you can go to our website, drjoe.com, type in, so what can I eat? And we have a whole hour lecture on breakfast, lunches, dinner, snacks, parties, raising kids, everything. The first book I wrote called Eating Right for the Health of It is a guide to eating. It tells you what to eat, how to change your diet. The second half is well over 200 recipes. Everything is vegan, everything is gluten-free, everything is soy-free. I'm not against soy, but a lot of people have reactions to it. So I said, let me make it as clean as possible for you. And I said, do me this, do, do what I say for two weeks. That's all I ask, two weeks. At the end of two weeks, I want you to go out and have some pepperoni pizza, because that's all of it. That's wheat and dairy and pepperoni and, and it, it's all there. And I said, and just tell me how you feel. And it's, it's, you have to eat anyway, eat good foods for two weeks, then eat pepperoni pizza, tell me how you feel. If you feel great, I was wrong. I've never been wrong. So give it a shot, see what happens. And that's something you have control over. You know, it's, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I had a, a functional medicine client that I had uh, prepared 
to put onto an elimination diet. And uh-huh. so all nightshades and, and right. gone, anything that's inflammatory. Sure. And she had paid me $8,000 for this program mm-hmm. where we did blood tests and genetic testing. And we, I mean, we did massive diagnostics to figure out what was going on. And she was Italian. And she basically told me, I am not going to give up tomatoes ever. Right. Just we'll pay you and <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> because she couldn't even comprehend. I said, it's only 14 days. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And then we see if that tomato is causing that inflammatory response. She couldn't do even 14 days. Interesting. Yeah. Interestingly enough. So how do you deal with somebody who is so addicted or habitual or just loves something so much that they won't do that one thing that may be the thing that makes them healthy? Well, that's called an addiction. An addiction is you're doing something that has an adverse effect on your health, or your health, your finances, or your social life. So uh, you could be addicted to gambling. You could be addicted to sex. You could be addicted to tomatoes. Because again, if you're eating a nightshade and tomatoes are causing an inflammatory reaction, it stimulates the dopamine receptor sites and it's stimulating the endorphins in your brain, you're getting high. So you're smoking tomatoes. So you're getting high on your tomatoes. And you're thinking, I can't give those up. I get high from them. So what I say then is let's give you enough nutrition for your body to start producing its own natural stimulants so you don't need the outside source. So whenever I have an addict come to me, whether it's cigarettes or food, sugar, of course, is the number one coffee, I load them up on nutrients. And almost inevitably, I can't remember a time it didn't happen, they start to say, you know what, I'm not craving that coffee like I used to. So I have my own line of supplements and I created these supplements because people needed simple, easy, inexpensive ways to manage their health. So the first supplement I ever created was something called Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source, two supplements. And Essential Source is fruits and vegetables. We juice it, take the water out at a very low temperature, what's left is a powder. Then we had prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, a complete non-synthetic multivitamin. The super greens alkalize the system. And if we can do that to the body, the body now has at least a fighting chance. But if you're just struggling to get out of bed, you're not going to give up that coffee. That's the only thing that's going to get you out of bed. So when I can get them, get their body super packed with nutrients, they're able to make better decisions. And then they can say, you know what? I can give up that ice cream or I give them a substitute. You know, if you're going to have ice cream, let's do soy ice cream or, or coconut ice cream instead. Oh, I'll try that and see. And then I can start to wean them off. Because a lot of it's psychological. They have to have that ice cream at night or they have to have that coffee in the morning. So once we coach them a little bit and they want to do it, you know, if you ever go to AA meeting, uh, what's the first thing they say? You know, I stand up, hey, I'm Joe and I'm an alcoholic. You have to admit you have a problem first <laughs> or else you're not going to make any progress at all. So that's a key too. Yeah, recognizing where you are is is truly a first step. I know that for me, uh, you know, I, I've had a brain tumor since I was seven that causes a mass of hormonal imbalances. Yeah, sure. And uh, and my doctors have always said you'll never lose weight. You're going to gain weight until you're dead uh-huh. because your hormones aren't balanced correctly. And they they sure. tell me all these things, which is part of why I got into the business to begin with. And uh, I've recently dropped about 142 pounds, where as I have been told I'm a medical mystery and would never uh-huh. lose that weight. And really, it was all about, I, I started intermittent fasting and API diet. So, uh-huh. you know, I took out all of the possible inflammatories and immune response, thinking technical now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but but it works. And if I were to drink something like a soda, uh-huh. right now, it would be so sweet on my tongue. I I it would just absolutely make me cringe. Right. So you know what I'd like to tell people is, once you become healthy, you do not crave those other things. And you just said that perfectly. When it comes to addiction, it's the same thing. You don't crave the things that make you unhealthy when you are healthy. It's right. when you're not healthy that you crave it. And, you know, I'm Jewish and, and breads and pasta. 
and you know thing challahs and yes. we love our bread right right of course and i am a hundred percent gluten intolerant but what you said in, in our I think our previous interview gluten in bread yes is a hundred percent of the time going to cause an adverse reaction in everybody and i'd like you to explain why that is even if you're not gluten intolerant sure now there's clinical and there's subclinical reactions and this is what people say i eat bread i don't feel anything so that's a clinical reaction subclinical means it causes an inflammatory reaction that you may not even be aware of right now your your adrenal glands are producing adrenaline you don't know that but it's happening in fact 90 percent of everything that goes on in your body you're totally unaware of you're only aware of about 10% of the nerves in your body. 90% of the nerves don't feel pain. So what I find is uh, if you're eating gluten, it can cause an inflammatory reaction, even on a small scale. But here's the thing with wheat too. Wheat is sugar. So let's assume that you're right and some people don't have any reaction whatsoever to gluten. I'm willing to, okay, maybe I'm wrong. I'll give you that. But wheat is still sugar. It's made of bran, which is the covering of the wheat, uh, the endosperm, uh, which is basically sugar, it's flour, and flour is basically sugar. Uh, and then there's the germ, which is where the nutrients are. So what do we do when we make white flour? We take off the bran because that makes the, the whole wheat flour. We take the germ out because that has vitamin E in it, which will go rancid, and that's why whole wheat flour goes bad. And so what we have left is essentially sugar. So if you're eating bread, it's just like eating tablespoons of sugar. So regardless of the gluten issue, okay, you can go with it or not, I'm fine with whatever direction you want to go. No one disagrees that it's, it's pure sugar. And so that's why it's not a good idea to be eating that. Right. And I, I'd just like to add in, you know, the gluten is a protein that's designed by the plant to stop bugs from eating it. Right. Right. It's a poison. It, it is designed specifically by the plant to kill mm -hmm. whatever eats it so they don't eat it. Right. And yet we, at least in the United States, we breed highly gluten. Yes. We, we actually have genetically modified since the 70s our supply of wheat right. to be extra, extra gluten, gluttonous. So it doesn't <laughs> really matter if you're gluten intolerant or not technically. Right. The gluten is a poison and it will cause an inflammatory response no matter what. Yes, exactly. And I know some people can do organic wheats. Uh, they can do wheats from Europe and they don't have quite the clinical reaction. But like you said, it's been hybridized to the point where it's much shorter, much higher in, in protein. And the gluten is made of gliadin and glutenin, which are other proteins, and that causes the reaction. So I give it up for two weeks, try eating it again. See how you feel. It's a very simple thing. And it's free. That is, the, you know, I like that you, you always add in. The, this is a, a free thing. Eating healthy is too expensive. I can't do it with <laughs> the, the, the funds. Right. How much does it cost you to be sick? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, maybe you're not eating organically grown raw broccoli. Maybe that's a little expensive, but you can get a can of beans. You know, maybe it's not organic, but you can get two cans of beans for a dollar and you can get some rice. Is it ideal? No, it's not. But it's a heck of a lot better than a hamburger with cheese on white bread. So I always say, look, look to our ancestors. You know, I'm Italian, you're Jewish. Look to what they ate. They didn't have a lot of money. So what did they eat? They ate a lot of vegetables with a little bit of pasta, a little bit of meat. I remember going to my grandmother's house and we'd always have the vegetables and the, and the, 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 the uh, soups. And then it'd be a little tiny piece of meat and a little bit of pasta. It's not, we don't eat these big meals of pasta. They think like Italians are eating. No, 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 just a little bit. And then there's always a salad at the end of the meal. No matter what, there was always a raw salad. So think how poor people eat and then you can eat like that. My favorite uh, cuisine is Ethiopian. I love Ethiopian food. My gosh, and I, Grandma, I'm sorry up in heaven, I don't mean to <laughs> offend you. But Ethiopian food, lentils, beans, split peas, vegetables, and they use something called teff. Now, teff is a, a grass, basically, and they make something called injera out of it. And so I just love Ethiopian food. I love the spices. I love it. It's fun because you eat your hands, and it's kind of fun. In America, we take uh, injera, and then we add wheat to it. Makes it more uh, palatable for Americans. If you go to an Ethiopian restaurant, ask for the pure injera with the TEF only. So looking at other countries and how they eat, and we know that the longest living people don't eat a lot of meat. They, don't, they eat plant-based carbohydrates. They don't eat sugars and breads and cookies and cakes and donuts. And so as long as you're eating mostly plant-based diet, you're going to probably live a lot longer than anybody else. So there's no argument there either. Studies are very clear.
Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things living in Florida that I absolutely miss from living in Los Angeles is the Ethiopian restaurant that I used to go to on Slauson. <laughs> you remember it too, huh? Hole <laughs> in the wall. It was, you know, it <laughs> so flavorful. Now, here's a question for you. Uh, you know, nightshades, lectins, those kinds of things. Sure. I've been told that I really shouldn't eat beans uh -huh. or, or grains or any of right. kinds of kinds of things. And so where I live, which is a smaller town of, you know, in, uh, in Florida, it's not as rich of organic and variety of foods as when sure. I was in Los Angeles, you know, how, how would somebody who's in a rural kind of place and doesn't have access to some of these kind of foods, but does have these inflammatory responses, how would they be able to get the kinds of foods that you would recommend? Sure. Well, something simple. If you do have a lectin reaction, you can always pressure cook them. You can buy these pressure cookers. I mean, my mother had a big aluminum pressure cooker, I remember years ago. And now you can buy them for about $60, $70. And if you pressure cook uh, the beans, it breaks down the lectins. So it's a real simple thing you can do. So even if you're eating inexpensive foods, there's a way to break them down. So that's a real easy thing to do. I try to recommend somebody have something raw at every meal. I say raw, broccoli, cucumbers, tomatoes, avocados, lettuces, because raw food has something in it called enzymes. And enzymes are the secret to healthcare. Nobody's talking about them, but without enzymes, we're dead. You can live with, you know, for a long time with a lot of, missing a lot of other nutrients, but you can't live a long time without enzymes. And so your body produces enzymes. When you're young, you've got this big store of enzymes. You're pumping them out like crazy. When you become old, the enzyme levels drop. And we have a word for that called aging. And so we can easily reverse that. See, I'm almost 60 years old. My staff are mostly 20 and 25 year olds. I run circles around a 20 year olds. And Garrett, my, my, uh, my, my IT guy, my marketing director, he always jokes. He says, where are you plugged in? He says, you, you can't be running like this every day, but it's because I don't poison myself. I'm not special. I don't have great genetics. Just don't poison yourself. So raw food is going to be a key. Um, I grew basil in my backyard this year and I just harvested it last weekend and I made so much pesto. Pine nuts, sun-dried tomatoes, basil, a little olive oil, salt and pepper. And I had pesto uh, for lunch today. Now, it was kind of an odd thing. I did have some gluten-free crackers, but I put a lot of pesto on a little tiny cracker. I feel great. All this raw food that I put in my body is just awesome. So raw food always, and if you live in Florida, there's always raw food around. You got oranges, you got avocados, and so you could always get raw food. But raw food is going to be the key. And if you do have a reaction to lectins, just pressure cook. Okay. It's a good, good advice for people. If you were to look at the systems, you know, you and I talked before, and, and one of the things you said is, you know, we need all forms of medicine. Mm -hmm. We need the emergency care. We need sure. the, you know... But there are all, always flaws in every system. Correct. Right? And so if, if I'm looking at how do I create performance and peak results within the healthcare system, what uh -huh. kinds of things would I be looking at for the flaws that could be optimized? Well, again, if you uh, keep yourself healthy, you're not going to have to be part of the system as much. So that's really the easiest thing to do. You don't have to worry about it because you're lowering your odds dramatically if you don't have to go there. Again, when I sliced the top of my finger off, well, that was a medical case. Absolutely. And I didn't have a choice. I went to the first emergency clinic I could go into and I got treated. But if you're looking at uh, something major, okay, uh, you go to an orthopedic surgeon. You have back pain. We did not MRI. You have a swollen disc. You need surgery. Time out. Let's get a second opinion. 39% of MRIs are false positive. So what that means, Ari, is if you have neck pain and I take an MRI of you, 39% of the time, you're going to have a swollen disc, but it's not causing your neck pain. If I take 100 people that don't have any pain, 39% are going to have swollen discs. Doesn't mean it's causing the pain. So if you happen to have a swollen disc and pain, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. So the best thing you could do is get a second opinion and then get a third opinion. And look conservative first. I always say chiropractic first, drug second, and surgery last. So if it's a pain issue, chiropractic. Easiest, simplest, least, least expensive way to go. We, we have a policy. I have six doctors that I, uh, all my doctors, you know, they're under me, four offices. 
And I always say, we're going to treat the patient for 10 visits. If we don't see any improvement, then we're going to go to the next level. Then we're going to do an MRI. All right, now we found an MRI correlates with the pain. Let's find a neurosurgeon. If it's a spine, I like neurosurgeon. If it's a, a extremity, I like an orthopedic surgeon. And I've created over the years a, a relationship with these doctors. And I know that they're not cut happy. Because some doctors, you walk in, I'm going to cut on your back $50,000. Woohoo! Well, may not be the problem you have, still $50,000. So I like to get a team of doctors that I know I can trust, and then we co-manage the case. And that's the key. Find doctors that are willing to co-manage with other doctors. That means they're more open-minded as well. But keep yourself healthy, you're less likely to have to be part of the system. Right. So integration of medicine, though, is, is really key. And learning the language of the other modalities is mm -hmm. so important, in my opinion, because if we don't learn the language, like chiropractors have a different language than massage therapists who have a Correct. different language than physical therapists who have a different language than orthopedists. Correct. We all speak very different languages, which is why things get lost in translation so often. Mm -hmm. Why somebody might say, don't trust that person. They're only a chiropractor. Yeah. So here's, here's an odd question for you. I, I'm, I'm sure that you've never heard this before, but <laughs> are all chiropractors created equal? Are oh. therapists created equal? And how do you know as a consumer when you're going to somebody, if that's the person that can really be of service and benefit and help to you? I agree 100%. Not everyone is, 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 is good. Not everybody is bad. So when I say, interview your doctor, you're hiring me to do a job. You're going to pay me for my services, just like I would hire a staff member. So interview your doctor. What do you, what's your philosophies? What's your thoughts? Do you work with other doctors? How long have you been in practice? When I was first in practice, I didn't know a fraction of what I know right now. So uh, I, I want to find out. I don't want to go to somebody who's new. I needed patients when I was young, and I get that. But I don't I go experiment on somebody else. I, I want somebody that has a couple of miles underneath their belt. And then find out what their thoughts are. Do you have any problem? If I call my other doctor, would you mind if my doctor spoke to you? Absolutely not. No, I don't talk to other doctors. Interview them like you would a job. And the best thing you can do is get a referral. Talk to your friends. You know, Ari, who do you go to for your dental work? Well, I go to, you know, Dr. Smith, whatever. Okay, great. You've been happy. I've been going there eight, 10 years. It's great. You know, I went to one dentist. They went to do a filling. He said you didn't need it. Okay, now I know somebody I can trust. But there are some clinics, I, you know, they, we call them a mill. You just burn, burn and churn, walk them in and out, walk them in and out. And that's not the clinic I want you to go to. I want you to go to somebody who you trust and then interview the doctor as well. Those are the criteria I do when I have to find a doctor as well. Okay, so I, I, re I actually recommend that often, and I very rarely see it, right? <laughs> you're going to say a medical doctor, and you want to interview them, it's going to cost you about 400 bucks, or your insurance uh -huh. at least 400 bucks to even sure. go in there, and they're going to be like, what, what are you asking me all these questions for? I only have six minutes to work with you. Right, that's true, yeah. Ask, your sta ask the staff. My staff has worked with me for a long time. They know my, my style. I say, hey, listen, can I ask you these three questions? You know, do they work with, if I have another doctor call you, do you mind? You know, uh, do you operate on everybody? I know I spoke to one surgeon one time and he said, uh, we only operate on 4% of the patients that come in our office. I said, that's great. What do you do with the other 96%? And he didn't have an answer. Then as I dug a little deeper, it turns out he was lying to me. Uh, so, so ask the staff these questions too. Right. And you can fire your doctor. It's okay to fire your doctor. You hire them, you can fire them. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I was thinking we should uh, probably get a list together of the questions, interview questions to ask your, uh, good idea. your, your personal trainer, whoever it is, uh -huh. can verify them. Because, you know, the, the old joke is, what do you call the person who finished last in medical school? Yeah, doctor. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, <laughs> and just because they finish first doesn't mean they're good either. Right. And just because a friend may recommend doesn't mean that the friend knows if right. they good or not. I mean, I've never heard someone say, you should go to my doctor. He's just okay, but you'll, <laughs> you should go to my doctor. He sucks. Right. <laughs> heard that. I've only heard you should go to my doctor because that's who I go to. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a bad idea, really. That might be a good point. Maybe something we could post on a website, you know, questions to ask your doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I always say 
to people who are taking my courses is I create a program for every client that comes in. I literally, I'll spend an hour, two hours asking them every possible question that I could think of that affects their life. Because, you know, I remember time, not in my lifetime, but in my studies, where a doctor would show up at your door and live with you for a week or two to figure out what was going on in your environment that was uh -huh. causing you to be sick, right? Sure. And we can't do that with six minute, you know, right. days. <laughs> so what's the answer? And I always say, if you, if you could spend an hour or two hours really curious about your client and patient, asking them everything, you can then develop a plan that you can test right. for their health, right? And not a lot of, uh, of therapists or doctors create plans. Mm -hmm. you know? I know that you, you do your 10 visits, and then you reassess. And then you take, okay, so what do we need to do from here? And right. then reassess. And then what do we need to do from here? And you take them through an actual process, a system. So flaws in, in the system. I like to, I like to pick fights. I, I would say more like challenging systems, right? Right. Than, than picking fights. But a flaw in the system is because of how insurance works, doctors are not getting paid. And, you know, alternative healthcare vilifies the medical doctors. Medical doctors vilify alternative healthcare. And what nobody understands is that we are about doing the same thing. And doctors sometimes are broke. I've seen, I've seen instances where because they take the burden of a practice, they're driving the Pinto while their employee is driving yes. Mercedes, right? Yeah. How do we shift the system itself so that it's more about results than procedures? And that's educating the public. public the public doesn't know that things exist. Patients come to me all the time and they say, I got left leg pain. Well, they don't know we treat right leg pain. They only know we treat left leg pain. And it's, it really is like sometimes that level. Well, oh, my wife has left leg pain. You do that? Yeah, we do. And so it's all about education. And that's why my radio shows, my TV shows are so crazy popular all over the world. Because in the show, we, 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 we make it light. We make it fun. Um, but we tell people that there's options out there. You know, the quickest, easiest, least expensive insurance policy you'll ever buy is vitamin D. And now you're in Florida. You're getting lots of vitamin D because you're closer to the equator. But the further north you go, the more likely you are to get sick. I mean, the flu season is much worse up north than it is in the south because vitamin D, you're getting more vitamin D. When you and I were kids, we went outside every day. School was over, you went outside. Came in when the, the street lights came on. Now we're inside all the time. We're sitting all the time. So I, you know, if people knew that you know, 5,000 5, international units of vitamin D is one of the best things you could do for your immune system. I didn't know that. So education is really the key. And that's why I do as many radio shows and talk shows. And I do my own shows. I do, I don't know, what do I have? Four different, three different stations now. Uh, just in the Atlanta area, we do TV shows, podcasts. And every show we do, I get bombarded with calls and emails saying, Dr. Joe, I didn't know blank. So education is key. Yeah, you know, it's funny. During this, uh, this experience that we're having of the world, <laughs> this new experience, yes. you know, I don't like to get into the COVID thing directly, so to mm -hmm. speak, but right. we're being isolated in our homes, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the biggest thing that we could do to boost our immune system is get vitamin D and go in the sun, get movement right. in our bodies, hug people, you know, yes. build our immune system. We don't eat, you know, we're adults, so we're not eating mud pies anymore. Right. You know, that helps your boost your immune system as well. Absolutely. Yes. So what do you say to people who are so scared of bacteria? That's, that's scary that you're scared of bacteria because there's something called the hygiene hypothesis. And the hygiene hypothesis is that we're too clean. And this scares me with this COVID issue because we're, I'm washing my hands. We have sanitizers everywhere. I make my own sanitizer. Uh, we have sanitizers everywhere. We're wearing masks. We're not being exposed to viruses, germs, and bacteria that do help build up our immune systems and we're sitting in the house, and we're not getting vitamin D. So when flu season hits, I'm scared, I'm frightened. So that's why I have a garden, I work in my garden all the time. I'm always outside 
uh, and it's not even so much for the tomatoes or whatever it is I'm growing, you know, my cucumbers, because I can go buy those. It's a, it's, it's a lot easier if I just went and bought them than if I'm out there watering them and weeding them and everything. But if that's an exercise and you're touching the soil, you're getting probiotics, good bacteria on your hands. Um, so yes, we need to have a clean environment. I'm not saying don't be a slob, but I agree with you. I think we do need some human contact because uh, my germs are a little different than your germs and you, then your body will work on it. Uh, and that's why I support kissing. So everybody should kiss more because kissing is a great way to build up the immune system. So. <laughs> You know, it's hard to kiss with a mask on. It really is. And that's that they're recommending that now. <laughs> I don't know if you saw those recommendations. I saw that. I, <laughs> there's a, a, a sports team that is now, ha they have a sanitary mister that you walk through in order to debug yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I find it interesting, the fear of, of this bacteria and viruses and stuff, because on your skin is a slew of species, uh -huh. bacteria and stuff that actually keep away things like scabies and, you know. Exactly. Right. So this whole thing, if, if we're overly alcoholing our system and sanitizing our system, What's that doing to our immune system directly? Exactly. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be cautious. I'm not saying we should be, you know, flippant about this. But I am concerned that I think we, I think we should start getting into better contact um, with healthy people. I mean, that's the other thing, too. We said, you know, I said in the last time we interviewed, uh, one of the things you want to do is surround yourself with good people. And that also means healthy people. And so that would be a benefit as well. I'm not saying we should be, you know, haphazardly not washing our hands and touching right. our face, but I think we have to strike some kind of happy balance there. Excellent. Yeah, you know, I always get fascinated by a chiropractor's approach to the nervous system. Uh-huh. So why don't you explain, you know, what is happening, especially the noise that people are so afraid of, right? Uh-huh. Click, 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 click. Sure, exactly. What is it that that is doing for your nervous system that then translates into less pain, better health? Sure. Well, the way the body works is your brain sends messages down your spine, out your nerves to every cell in the body. It was 80 trillion cells. So nothing happens in your body unless the brain tells it what to do by way of a nerve, indirectly or directly. So two things can interfere with the messages from the brain to the body, chemical or physical. Now, chemical would be food, drugs, alcohol, environmental toxins. These are the things you have a lot of control over. So with our patients, we always do a nutritional workup on every patient, and we educate the patient on things they can do to get healthy. Physically, if a bone moves out of place, it causes an inflammatory reaction. That inflammation can compress the nerve, and there's a lot more to it than that, but basically it's pinching a nerve. So when you pinch a nerve, it can hurt only 10% of the time. 90% of your nerves don't feel pain. So you could have a pinched nerve and not know it. So in our offices, all my doctors are trained by me to check the nerves that feel pain and to check the 90% that don't feel pain. This is one of the things that separates us from many, many other doctors in the world. No one ever talks about the nerves that don't feel pain. So if I pinch a nerve to my lungs, I may not have good breathing. If I pinch a nerve to my colon, my spleen, my sex organs, my liver, those organs aren't working at 100%. So we can check the nerves that feel pain and the nerves that don't feel pain. Now we're able to restore normal function. And the brain needs three things to function, oxygen, stimulation, and nutrition. So oxygen is we sit at the desk all day, we're hunched over. We're not breathing as well as we should. Get out and walk, stand up. A lot, most of the radio shows I do, I do standing. Stimulation, listen to this podcast, listen to your podcast. Every time somebody listens to one of your podcasts, they're getting new information. They're stimulating different parts of the brain. And then nutrition is eating a good diet. So if we can get oxygen stimulation nutrition into the body, get the nervous system working, get the digestive system working, and get them on good nutrition, now we have a healthcare plan. Most people have health insurance, but they don't have a health plan. So we put together a health plan. And then that cracking, that popping noise you hear is when a joint moves out of alignment, uh, it's believed nitrogen gas can get into that joint. And we put the joint back in place, it's just air rushing out. That's what I'm doing, I'm clapping my hands. It's just air rushing out from between my hands. So all that is is air rushing out. Now, if you keep doing it too much and done improperly, I should say, you can actually stretch the ligaments that hold the bones together. 
Ligaments are like rubber bands. Once they stretch, they never go back to their original form. And the older we get, the more loss of, lax, loss of uh, ligament uh, in integrity we have. And so that's why a good diet is important so that the nutrients can get into the ligaments and start to heal them as well. So the popping noise is really nothing to worry about if it's done by somebody who knows what they're doing. Absolutely. And that comment, knowing you know, somebody who knows what they're doing. So I see people all day long. Crack their neck. Yeah. Doing that. Doing yeah. Uh huh. their back, cracking their knees, right? Uh huh. What do you think of somebody doing their that self care? I always say that's job security for me. <laughs> as long as they keep doing that, I'm going to have a job. I got to fix them. So don't pop your own neck. You don't know how to do it. You can't even get the right angle. If you, I, I know how to do it, and I can't do it because I can't get the right angle. I got to approach it from the back, and my arms don't go there way, that way. So go see a professional. I don't do my own dental work. <laughs> okay, so I, I go to a dentist for dental work. Go to somebody who knows spinal health care and spinal hygiene, we call it, to make somebody, have somebody do that for you. Awesome. The, the other thing that you mentioned is brain health. And I was watching uh, Broken Brains, is a Mark Hyman uh, documentary mm -hmm. series. Sure. And they were talking about inflammation in the brain and diabetes and how they're calling inflammation or Alzheimer's and dementia type 3 diabetes right now. Correct. Because the foods that we're eating are causing so much inflammation and they're now finding that it's breaking that blood-brain barrier causing inflammation in the brain which then causes the cholesterol to try to cover up the inflammation and so this is a it's a multi-part question cholesterol is not bad or is bad right okay and the inflammation being sent to your brain being only about nutrition uh, yeah, well, it's interesting because uh, just this morning I had somebody come to my house to give me an estimate of some repair work at the house. And he walked in and, and he said, oh, my God, you're Dr. Joe. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, my God, I just listened to your show on cholesterol. It's funny you said that because that was the first thing he said to me. He says, that blew my mind. Cholesterol is not bad. It's actually good. We need cholesterol. It's what we make our hormones out of. It's how the, the, the coating around the nerves uh, the sheath around a nerve is made. So yes, we absolutely need cholesterol. And it's not so much a cholesterol that's floating around in your blood that's dangerous. If it's too high, of course, it's the cholesterol that's stuck to the artery walls. So a fellow came to my house, realized who I was, told me he listened to a show on cholesterol. I, he said, I didn't know cholesterol was good. I thought lower better. I said, no, 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 lower can be really bad because the lower cholesterol, you need cholesterol for your hormones and your nerves and everything has to uh, have cholesterol in order to work. So many things do. So if the cholesterol floating around in your blood is still floating, it's like a pipe. As long as the stuff is still flowing through the pipe, you're fine. It's when the pipe gets clogged up. And so that's why I tell people, uh, you want to get your cholesterol checked. You also want to get your homocysteine levels checked and your C-reactive protein. Because homocysteine is a, is a direct correlation to how much cholesterol is likely to stick to the artery walls. And the C-reactive protein tells us how much inflammation there is in the body. And so if we have those three things that are positive, then we start saying, okay, we got to do something. And we can, do set, we can do scans. Many times I take an x-ray and see building up of, of, of cholesterol in, in the arteries, hardening the arteries. And so cholesterol is okay. I'm not offended by that, it, but it has to be the right kind. And many times it's not that you're producing too much cholesterol, it's that you're not recycling the old stuff. And that's what raises your cholesterol levels. So dropping the production of cholesterol will lower the cholesterol levels, but that's not the problem, it's the symptom. The symptom is the recycle bin is filled. You know, part of what I was what I was taught also is that sodium from iodized salt is about 30, 40 percent silicon, which is glass, which uh -huh. is sharp. And the glass, when you eat it, cuts the arteries and the cholesterol sticks and goes in to repair the arteries from that inflammation and, and that damage. And then if you are constantly eating that iodized salt, then you're cutting constantly. Now you have this massive buildup. Right. You know, the buildup comes from previous damage. It's an answer, not, you know, to a, to a cause, not a symptom of its own effect, right. right? So getting to the root of things is one of my fascinating you know, areas I, I like to study is I like to study root of cause, root of cause, sure. and, and trace things back to their very beginning. So how does that work 
when somebody say comes into you, I've got diabetes, my, my uh, legs, I, you know, are gangrene and I, I don't have them cut off. I'm, I'm, you know, obese at the same time. What, what, what is the kind of thing that you would do or say in order to get to the root cause of what's going on with that person? Yeah. Well, we always do a nutritional workup on everyone. Okay. We have everybody fill out what we call a diet diary. And I always tell them, don't change your diet. Don't lie. Just write down everything you eat, everything. If you have a piece of gum, if you have a candy, I want everything written down for the next sometimes three, four, five days. Then I have a symptom survey, we call it. And I have them mark off these different symptoms. And I can look at the symptoms. I can look at the diet and I can say, okay, you know what? It looks like you might have, a, your liver might be not working at, at optimum function, or it might be an adrenal issue or a bowel issue. And so then we put together a nutritional protocol specifically for them. And then we look at uh, their spine, of course, as a chiropractor, we always look at the spine because that's the source of all nerves. And so if they have pinched nerves, we're gonna put the nerves back in place. And the other thing that's always missed is their digestive system. So many patients come to me and they have acid reflux and heartburn and burping and gas and bloating. And the stomach, which sits below a muscle called the diaphragm, sometimes can push up against the diaphragm. And when it pushes up against the diaphragm, ultimately it can rupture or herniate through the diaphragm. And we call that a hiatal hernia. And a hiatal hernia, many times we can actually take the stomach and pull it back down away from the diaphragm and move it back to its original position, its normal position. I would say about 85% of patients I test have this condition. Even if they don't have symptoms, there's a way to test it if it's subclinical. And so along with chiropractic, we want to open up the nerve and blood supply through chiropractic adjustments. We want to fix the digestive system. We want to get them off the bad foods that are destroying the bacteria in their colon. We'll get them on good foods that build up the good bacteria in their colon. And in most cases, when patients do what we say, they are blown away. The biggest complaint I get, I get this complaint every single day. Why didn't I do this sooner? Why did I wait so long? I hear it every day. That is, uh, that is amazing. And, you know, to me, it's so comprehensive, the approach, because, you know, you hear a lot nowadays about gut health, mm -hmm. but only, you know, I guess in my echo chamber, I hear a lot about mm -hmm. gut health, because that's a, that's a thing that we're realizing controls your brain more than any yes. of the bacteria in your gut can make you crave the donuts that you're mm -hmm. seeing smelling you don't even have to see them just smell yes and think about them right and, and and all of a sudden the bacteria in your belly go mm, i want one of those and then the craving starts and then it's like okay i'm done <laughs> i'm done i'm going to winchell's i'm getting a donut right right and so people don't realize that their behaviors are not always their fault or their right. choice right right the mm -hmm. gut is really in charge of your brain cells a lot more than we, we know. So they, they're calling, you know, microbiome the, the second brain. But mm -hmm. in some cases, there's more trillions of them than there are of our own cells. Correct. So they could be more active than your own, you know, your own thoughts. Yep. We have about 90%, I think the last study I read, 90% bacteria, you know, 90 to, uh, 9 to 1 bacteria to human cells. Um, so we really are just life support for bacteria. That's all we ever do is we're just life support for bacteria. So we get a good bacteria that we're supporting or bad bacteria supporting. And there's a nerve that can, connects the brain to the gut called the vagus nerve, V-A-G-U-S. And that, I always say that's my favorite nerve. Because the vagus nerve controls so many different things. And if the vagus nerve is irritated, it can cause high blood pressure. It can cause heart palpitations. It can affect digestion. Digestion can affect brain function. It's like a leaky gut syndrome. And so we got to take care of the gut. And that's something that almost all doctors ignore. And I wish they wouldn't. And sometimes it's just as simple as saying, listen, stop eating sugar. Like you said, uh, maybe you're doing something with a lot of antibiotics in it. Maybe like commercial meats and dairy products have a lot of antibiotics in them. And so you're killing off the bacteria in your colon every time you eat that food. Let's cut that out. Maybe switch to organic, which doesn't have the antibiotics. Now, I don't eat meat. I've been a vegan for 34 years now. I'm not asking my patients to be vegan. But if there was a better way to eat, I would eat that way. I would love to have a meatball sandwich with provolone cheese on, on Italian bread. I would love to do that. So I, I miss it. I remember 35 years ago what it tasted like. But I know it's not worth it. And that's what I try to teach people. Is it worth it? Is it worth being sick? No. 
Is it worth dying early? No. So yeah, I'd like to have that donut, but it's not worth it to me. And when I can get that, their mindset going in that direction, it's great. And then we can get them on probiotics. One of the supplements I have is Dr. Joe's probiotics. Uh, Super Greens and Essential Source have prebiotics and probiotics in them. Those are two supplements I recommend everybody take. That's like the minimum supplement everybody should be taking is Super Greens and Essential Source. And all these are on our website, drjoe.com. And I have a whole line of supplements I've created because I want to make sure people are getting the nutrients that they need and then the extra boost if they need that as well. Yeah. You know, one of the things you had mentioned earlier, and I used to, to be close friends with uh, Dr. Well, Lou Corona. Uh, I don't know if you met Lou or, or heard of him. Um, he's in Orange County area, but he's been considered by many, uh, like one of the foremost experts on enzymes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and this is a guy who in his late 50s would uh, he'd go to a raw food restaurant that I loved in uh, in Los Angeles, well, it was yeah. Orange County called Olock, my favorite raw food restaurant. And he, every Tuesday he would be doing these presentations on enzymes. Sure. And he would do a demonstration of himself being in his late, you know, late mid to late 60s at the time. And he would take three fingers and he would put them on the ground and he would lift his entire body up off the ground, uh-huh. his legs straight out in front of him. Wow. And he'd hold it for a minute. Wow, that's crazy. A full minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would say just what you said, enzymes are anti-aging and yes. how young I am. And then he would challenge one of the younger guys in the room to try. <laughs> yeah. And he said, you don't need meat. He was a vegan as well. You don't need meat to create strength, mm-hmm. right? And to create muscles. This is what's possible when you're eating well, but eating massive amounts of enzymes. So do you have an enzyme that you recommend or enzyme supplements or, or a string of them that you recommend? Yeah. Dr. Joe's enzyme support. It's on the website, drjoe.com. Now I've grabbed my own line of supplements and I always say if I eat a cooked meal, I'll have an enzyme supplement. If I eat a totally raw meal, I, I don't take the enzyme supplement. But as we get older, our enzyme levels are dropping. And so it's a real quick, easy, simple, inexpensive fix. If you're eating cooked food, get those enzymes back in there. Take the stress off your body. And that's why uh, the essential source and the super greens have pre and probiotics as well and enzymes to help you digest your food, but they also digest themselves. So if you're eating a raw carrot, about 60 to 80% of that carrot is going to be digested by the enzymes in the carrot. If you cook that carrot, now you have to use 100% of your own enzymes. So that's why you want to eat something raw at every meal. Can you, can you kind of give a, a quick explanation on what exactly do enzymes do, not just for your digestion, but also mm-hmm. for pain? For sure. Enzymes, enzymes I, I look at it as a dating service, a cellular dating service. So the enzyme says, okay, you, uh, you calcium and you phosphorus, whatever, you guys got to get to know each other. So the enzymes cause these chemical interactions to occur. And I always picture, I have this little cartoon in my head that it looks like. So it's, it, it's, it's like a dating service and it makes everything start to come alive. Uh, when it comes to inflammation, the enzymes can actually break down the inflammation, like, like Pac-Man, waka, 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 and it's eating through things. And so the enzymes can break down the inflammation. And that's why raw food diet is so important in pain management. I'm the only chiropractor I know of in Georgia, and I'm licensed in Florida too, by the way, but I'm the only chiropractor in Georgia I know of who's board certified in pain management. And so when I go to the pain management conferences, I'm like the, the unicorn that's there. They're like, that's, that's the guy. That's the guy who doesn't do drugs and he's the pain management expert. And so I remember one time I was at the urinal at a conference, a guy comes up next to me and starts asking me questions about a, a neurological issue that a patient's dealing with. I said, can you hang on a second? I'm almost done here. <laughs> Years ago, we were, you know, we were the, the, the witch doctors, and now they're coming to us in droves because we have skills and knowledge that they've never even heard of. And that's why I said this. I'm more than happy to co-manage a case, but the enzymes are going to be a key because they break down inflammation, they help digestion, they help skins from wrink- they prevent skin from wrinkling. So enzymes are a real quick, again, easy, inexpensive way to keep the body healthy. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, my, my ex-wife used to have a fibroid uh-huh. the size of a basketball, really. Wow. It, it was humongous. And we had started to do some enzyme therapy mm-hmm. and the shrinking that was, it was, I mean, fully visual. You could wow. see how much it shrank with 
enzymes that were specific to fibrous tissue. Right. Uh, and then she got pregnant and uh-huh. all of a sudden it went huge again, right? And right. Uh-huh. Take the enzymes because the, the theory was that the enzymes may see the pregnancy as a foreign object and want to do that, right? So for women who are going through fibroids and cysts and I mean, there is a massive amount of enzyme research to show that rather than surgery and hysterectomies and and taking Mm -hmm. out your organs, if you were to take enzymes instead, you'd be able to clear those up. Now that I can't say online cure, I can't say that it's going to be a fix, right? Right, of course. That make promises. Be a possibility, right? Right. Now, this is where I like to challenge the system. What would you say to the system that says to us who have clinical experience in doing things and reversing things that are going on when they say you can't say that? Right. Right? And so how are people supposed to know well, what I say is, in my experience, what I've found, what I've seen happen, what I do for myself is this. If you were my sister, this is what I would recommend you do. And I always say, no promises, no guarantees. So I don't have promises. No one can promise anything in healthcare. I always say, no promises, no guarantees. However, I don't see a downside to doing this. So let's do it and see what happens. If it doesn't work, we can always go a little more aggressive. But I always put a disclaimer. Every radio show I do, it's a disclaimer. You know, the information on this show is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. Always check with your doctor. And I'm not diagnosing or curing or anyone. I'm just saying this is what you might want to consider because the Hippocratic Oath is, above all, do no harm. Do no harm. So is there harm in eating carrots and celery? No. So let's see if we can put that into our diet and then we can add other things if we need to. Start out slow, work our way up. That's always my approach. Right. So why is it that the system of medicine has gone so far away from that Hippocratic Oath because every drug that you'll see advertised on TV, there's a slew of harm. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, there's finances involved, of course. But a famous guy once said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I see that so often. I've had so many doctors come to me over the years and say, I had no idea that enzymes might help this condition. And for years, I treated patients this way. And now I know that I can do something as simple as this, thank you. And almost every day, probably every day, we get emails and, and, and calls from the radio shows and the TV shows that I do saying, thank you, this changed my life. And that's from doctors and hospitals and hospital administrators and nurses. And uh, we have patients that come to us in droves as patients because they're not against it. They just didn't know it existed. And so I don't know any doctors that are maliciously out there trying to hurt somebody. You know, I know that everyone is trying to do the right thing, but many times they don't know what to do. Right. I'm just, you know, like I said, I don't like the idea of vilifying doctors because they've been indoctrinated in what they know and what they do. Right. System itself that we, that we've allowed as a society and as an industry to happen. Because there was a time when pharmaceutical companies were not allowed to advertise on TV. Right. Sure. Allowed to, Mm -hmm. to do some of the things that they are allowed to do now. Right. You know, doctors, you know, I say this, once you've been enlightened, you cannot go back into the dark. Once you have knowledge of something, you can't turn away from it. Right. Part of my book and and this podcast, Create a New Tomorrow, is about how we get those people who are now awakened to get loud about it. Right. To start you know, I say silence is a bully's best friend. It's one of my uh-huh. favorite sayings because it's true that uh-huh. if you don't get loud, they're going to keep doing it. The people won't know what to ask for because they're not being informed properly, right? Sure. How do we get these people that are contacting you every day to not just change how they're che- treating the small amount of patients that they have, but to get loud about the system as a whole and how it's being suboptimal in the results that it's getting. 
Right. Well, we're seeing a big change, a big shift. You're seeing so many documentaries now. I think I've been in three documentaries already. Uh, there's so many documentaries going out uh, you know, on, on Netflix and people getting excited about that. You're seeing the dairy industry really, un and again, I'm a capitalist, I'm okay, but unfortunately they're collapsing. And I'm not, not unfortunate, uh, unfortunate for the farmers. I'm not unfortunate that dairy is going away, but you're seeing the, the rise of, of plant-based diets, of vegan diets, of, uh, I can't remember the last time I went to a restaurant that didn't have at least one plant-based option or vegan option or veg at least a vegetarian option. I'm, I, I wouldn't eat dairy, but just the other day, I got a coupon in the mail for pizza place. And I just looked at it, gluten-free pizza, vegan options, vegan cheese. 10 years ago, that would have been unheard of. And here it is, it's just part of their advertisement. You know, buy one, get one free. So I'm really excited that the world is waking up and I'm seeing that change every single day where, you know, I would talk about not eating meat 30 years ago and that was like, really crazy not eating meat. Now it's like, you see companies like Beyond Meats and Impossible Burgers, their stocks are skyrocketing and Burger King carrying them now. So I definitely see the shift happening. And as long as we just keep, moment, it's like a car, we got it rolling, now we just gotta keep pushing it a little bit. And I believe the next 10 years or so, uh, we're gonna have a major shift in healthcare, not sick care, in healthcare. Chiropractic, nutrition, massage, uh, the things we do with organ work, uh, supplements, you're seeing the supplement business booming right now. So I think a lot of the pushback is in the past and it, we kind of got the ball rolling. We just have to keep it going. So then now that we've gotten it rolling, the question is how do we keep the quality high? Well, I've seen a lot of vegan options that I was really fascinated and interested. And then I look at the ingredient list and it's junk worth eating. Sure. And so, you know, part of what, what I like to do is I like to say, you could be a capitalist and you can earn a lot of money and you probably will earn a longer legacy of money if you do things right than if you do things quick. Exactly. And so how do we get these companies that are doing this amazing thing around plant-based mm -hmm. foods to not put in the stuff that is... Right. Easiest thing to do is vote with your wallet. And I, I do that everywhere I go. If I'm not happy with service, I don't have to destroy this person. I don't want to have to put them out of business. I go somewhere else. They will destroy themselves. They will implode uh, if they're doing bad service. Now, maybe it was just me. Maybe I was the exception. I wasn't the customer they gave the best service to. I don't want to put somebody out of business because they had a bad day or they had a bad employee that they didn't have control over. But if I'm going to eat a, 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 a burger... Well, I can decide which kind I want. Because like you said, a lot of the, just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. You know, there's chocolate cookies with cream filling in them that are, that are vegan. I call it accidentally vegan. It wasn't meant to be vegan. It just happens to be. But that doesn't mean it's good. So vote with your wallet. And as long as we vote with our wallet, the, the industry is going to be driven to where the money's being spent. So it's a real simple process. And we're seeing more and more, you know, tea shops and coffee shops open up. And they're starting to serve happy, better teas and organic teas. And we're seeing sandwich places now have vegan sandwiches. Well, it's not the best, but it's still better than having a bologna sandwich. So then the next question is, how do we get the citizen, the citizenry, the people to learn what they should be spending their money on and not because a lot of people, I mean, I, I take people to grocery stores and I'll walk them around the aisles and I'll show them labels and ingredient lists and I'll teach them what it is that they're looking at. Sure. 90 something percent of the time, not only have they never done that, but they wouldn't know what right. good or bad anyway. I mean, if you have 15 different words for corn syrup. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. Awesome glutamate. Right. Exactly. So what I do is I recommend everyone go to our website, drjoe.com, and just start listening to the shows. Go listen to your podcasts. And the only way we're going to do it is to indoctrinate ourselves. So people like you and I are the leaders in this world. And it's a very simple thing. You know, people cutting the cable. They're not watching cable. The younger generation doesn't even have TVs anymore. So what can we do about that? Drive them to our podcast. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, YouTube at Dr. Joe Esposito. And the more followers we have, the more influence we have. Take, you know, if you follow us, we post every single day on social media. Take those things and share them with your links. And now we can have a grassroots effort and start getting people excited about it. So really it's simple. If everybody does one little thing, we'll grow this thing. Yeah, you know, I, I love that we have listeners and we have people who are listening to our, to our shows. What my hope is, is that those listeners 
become rather than passive listeners, they become active listeners. They start taking on the challenges and the things that we're talking about. Right. And they start sharing it with mm-hmm. the people who are skeptical in their life. And not so that they are picking fights with their friends who are course, right. these things, right? But so that they are becoming an influencer themselves. So that once right. you have the knowledge, now you can't unhave that knowledge, but it is, in my opinion, your duty right. to, to start taking that knowledge out. And that's what I was saying about doctors who become enlightened. It's your duty yes. to loud about it. It's your duty to share it with as many people as possible, to start your own podcasts, to start your own channels of becoming loud and educating the people around you because mm-hmm. The only way things change, especially in mass movements, is by creating partnerships and teams and integrations and getting loud. Right. And, uh, and we can make quiet, calm, peaceful revolutions, quiet, calm, peaceful protests by just shifting ourselves and then quietly but loudly shifting the world around us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is definitely a goal of Create a New Tomorrow, which uh, my tagline is activating your vision for a better world. So let's activate your vision for a better world. If you could look forward 20 years, what's the world that you want to see? I still have a full head of hair. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's one goal. <laughs> No, I definitely see the younger generation uh, much more open to these changes, much more willing to say, yeah, you're right, that makes sense. And that's what I, I, I always laugh. I said, those are the three words I want to hear every woman whisper in my ear. You know, that makes sense. <laughs> but I see in 20 years that uh, health food, natural foods, I call it health foods. What are the other ones? Sick foods then? Um, yes, actually they are. Yeah, they're sick foods. Yeah, but the health food just becomes the norm. No one argues with it anymore. That generation that argued with it are all dead. Uh, or dying or sick. And I don't want that to happen to people. They, you can change this. Um, I see that healthcare really is health. It's not about sick care, it's about healthcare. Um, there will come a collapse of the healthcare system. It has to happen because if, nothing, if something doesn't work, eventually it's gonna fall apart. If communism doesn't work, it's gonna fall apart. So it will fall apart, but it's not gonna just collapse. It's gonna be taken over by uh, things that are more effective, less expensive, and less toxic. So the, the revolution is there, and uh, you know, to use that analogy, it, it's already happening. It's not like we have to start it, it's already going on. So I think in 20 years, it's gonna be a whole new world. You know, things like chiropractic, things like raw food, things like supplementation are just gonna be commonplace. No one's gonna argue with that. You know, I, I think I do need an adjustment today. Let me go to my chiropractor and go get adjusted. So the, fact, the battle we fought and the people before us fought is now coming to fruition. So it'll be a very different world, uh, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, you know, I, I've been in the industry 26 years, and uh, you've been in the industry probably 36 years. Mm-hmm. So between us, that's uh, 60 years. Of, <laughs> and seeing the changes, seeing the differences, seeing what has gone on, and in some cases, it's gotten way worse. Which you know, they say you got to go to rock bottom before, right, of course, before you can rebuild. But in some cases there is a movement that I seen that is begun. I just want to have that movement go a lot faster. And, you know, I like Buckminster Fuller and he's one of my, one of my mentors and inspirations. And he used to say, you know, don't go up against the system as it is, just build a better system right next door. The the people will come. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You were saying people will vote with their wallet, their wallet. And, you know, my, my hope is that the censorship that's happening right now isn't going to stem that movement as, as much uh-huh. as, as they're hoping it will. Right. And uh, there, there happens to be these powerful platforms of people that have decided what the narrative should be and that any narrative outside of it is... Uh, is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just look at what is it that we can do to be more optimal? What can we do to perform at a higher level and get better results? 
within a system and within ourselves. And you have given some amazing advice and, uh, and tools so far. So the question that I have to finish us out, and I ask this of everybody, what are two to three things that you can say that people can do right now, today, tomorrow, in order to activate their selves, themselves and change their lives so that they can be more of a solution than, than uh, you know, helping with the... Sure, right, become part of the solution. Uh, you have to eat anyway, you might as well eat good food. Because the one thing we can't survive uh, without is food. We can, you know, if you're a heroin addict, if you're a gambling addict, if you're a sex addict, if you're a, a cocaine addict, you cannot have those things in your life. We have to have food in our lives. And so only surround yourself with good food. Get the bad food out of the house. Only have good food in the house. Take a high quality supplement. And this way we got the nutrition fixed. And if you don't know what to eat, go to our website, drjoe.com. You can type in something called the seven deadly sins of nutrition. And we talk about the bad foods. And then the follow up to that is, so what can I eat? And whatever topic you have a question on, go to our website, type it in the website, hit enter. Chances are we've done hours and hours of research on it for you. You just have to sit and listen or watch it. We have a lot of videos as well. Yeah, you said 1,500 hours of podcast. 100 hours of podcast, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And they're all fun, and they're all exciting, and they're all a little different. And, I, you know, I've worked with people 10, 15 years in a business, and they'll say, you know, like if my board operators and my producers, and they're like, every time I, I listen to your shows, I learn five or six new things. I a lot, some of it's repeat, but a lot, there's always going to be new information. And what, you're going to hear it. You got to hear something 11 times to memorize it. So I tell people, take a podcast that you're excited about, listen to it over and over again. Every time you listen, you're going to find new things. So uh, don't ignore your health. It will go away. Uh, so, <laughs> so take care of yourself. If you have neck pain and back pain and shoulder pain and headaches and numbness, find out why. Uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, we'd love to see you. We have four offices, Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. DrJoe.com is all the information. If you want to make an appointment, come see us. We can also do tele uh, telemedicine if we need to. So find out what the cause is and get to the cause of your problem, not just treat the symptoms. And then get the toxicity out of your life. And that goes for people. That goes for uh, TV shows. I love listening to comedy. It's, it's something my brain shuts down. I like watching cartoons. Because it gives my brain a chance to kind of shut down and relax. Now, I could be watching. I don't watch the news anymore. I'll put it on in the morning. I'll go through five or ten minutes, and then i got to stop. Because it's the same rhetoric over and over and over again, and that really brings me down. I'd rather watch an old episode of Friends or, uh, you know, Parks and Recreation or something or Futurama. Because it's, it's something that my brain, I enjoy that. So surround yourself with the things that you enjoy. And if you do those things, life's going to be pretty easy. Thank you so much. You know, I, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and we'll have to do this again sometime soon and, sure. and kind of go through even more depth and details because I could, I could talk to you and learn from hours, <laughs> hopefully uh, teach you something maybe that, that you don't know. And, and uh, although I highly doubt it, you're, uh, everyone knows something you don't know. So first, <laughs> but uh Anyway, thank you so much for being on. This has been another episode of Create a New Tomorrow with Joe Esposito and Ari Gronich, your host. So have a healthy day, everybody. Take some of these tools, put them into action, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, go to the website createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.